Welcome all sports fans. On this podcast, no sport is left behind. I'm Justin Williams. I'm Coberta Ron, and this is our brother from down under, me Wallace Bruce. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, filling you in on the latest news from the world of sports. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm your host, me, Wallace Bruce, NWB, and I'm joined by Kobe. Kobe, how you doing, mate? I'm doing great. Doing great today, buddy. Yeah, and today we have a sport that both of us grew up with. It's it's field hockey, and who better to talk to but the, the most capped player for the Canadian national team, the captain of the team, it is the one and only Kate Wright. Kate, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thank you for having me on today. No worries. Now, i got to ask, just playing the numbers game, I'm of the understanding that you have had 228 caps for Canada. Is that correct, or is it that more than that? No, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, just just over 220, I think. So that's a big number when you when you say it out loud. <laughs> it's a huge number. How have you managed to, I guess, sustain your career for so long? Well, I I started quite young on the team. So my first cap when I, when I was seventeen, and I've really just just grown up uh, playing field hockey for Canada, which has been an amazing experience. A lot of highs, a lot of lows, but uh, now I'm sitting at at two hundred and twenty eight games the most capped female field hockey player in Canadian women's history, which is something I'm very proud of. Fantastic. Kobe? Yeah, staying with Canada, I mean, having grown up here, I was always aware of field hockey. Um, High school I went to, they had women's field hockey teams, not men's. But how has the development of field hockey really happened in Canada itself? Yeah, so I actually had no idea what the sport even was uh, until high school. So same sort of upbringing in Ontario. Um, I grew up playing ice hockey and soccer and track and field and kind of everything but field hockey. But it was a great combination of all the sports I love. So so, uh, in field hockey, a fun fact is you can only shoot right. And uh, lucky enough for me, I shot right in ice hockey. Uh, I was a pretty good runner. And then field hockey is the same structure as soccer. So it kind of was a great combination of of all the sports I love, but also excelled at. So I joined joined my high school team and uh, was one of two players to make the senior team in my grade nine year, which is not uh, really normal. They like to develop their athletes first, and then you kind of join the senior team, grade 11, grade 12. Um, And then I actually was asked to uh, try out for the Ontario team just, I think, three months after picking up my first stick. So I excelled quite quickly in the sport and uh, ended up being asked to move out to Vancouver for a trial with the national team when I was 17. So I immediately said yes. My parents who are, are big in the sports world, were, were very excited and uh, were prepared to do anything to support me. So I was 
out on a plane to BC, living with a billet family, um, the youngest on the team by far. Actually, the oldest player had to be my guardian on tour when we would travel. So it was a, a real eye-opening learning experience. Um, but I'm so glad that I was able to have that because growing up on the team and entering more of a senior leadership role, I was able to relate to all backgrounds and all teammates and younger players growing up with the sport because I had kind of experienced it all. Mm. So when I first joined the team, I was quite young, but um, I had my first cap representing Canada and actually went down to school in the States because I had already committed before being on the national team radar. And I was able to play down there for a year and a half, was kind of caught between national team and university commitments. So transferred to UBC to play in the Canadian League. Uh, I've played abroad in Australia uh, while going to school there and also played in Europe. So I've had a lot of pretty amazing life experiences. But like I said before, I'm able to take those and relate to every player on my team, whatever they're going through. Um, and that's been really important to me as a as a player, but also as a captain. Right. And what is your time commitment like on the international side of things when it comes to field hockey? Yeah, it's, uh, it's full on. <laughs> so for field hockey, we don't really have a set season. You can play all year round. That's why our national team is based in Vancouver. But for the last two years, we've actually been centralized in Europe uh, because, as you can imagine, we're a little bit isolated in North America. Mm -hmm. So we uh, moved our team to Belgium and we're in the middle of the European country so we could actually drive to Germany, Holland, France to get international games, which made such a huge difference in our lead up to Olympic qualification. So it's it's a all year round sport, which is great, but it means uh, not a lot of downtime. So when you're in it, you're you're definitely in it. And what's it like playing in Europe specifically, or even Australia? I mean, my, myself, my father's from the Netherlands. Me himself grew up in Australia. These are a couple of field hockey powerhouses. Mm-hmm. What's it like playing there? Is, is the, the fan interest huge in comparison to what it's like playing here? Yes. <laughs> uh, you don't have to differentiate between ice hockey and field hockey for starters you can just call it hockey (laughs) whereas here if you call it hockey that means you're playing for the ice hockey team so you have to be careful (laughs) but uh in the netherlands and australia yeah like you mentioned two powerhouse nations um we love playing there we get a great crowd the atmosphere is amazing you have kids who are three four years old with their sticks beside the field which is which is pretty eye-opening. Like I said, I start, I picked up my first stick when I was 14. So they definitely have an advantage uh, getting those younger players into the sport quite, quite early. But it's, we had the Commonwealth Games actually in 2018 in Brisbane. And we had a full stadium for field hockey, which is, you know, especially for the Canadian team, <laughs> a big deal. Yeah. So it's uh, the atmosphere, the fans, the knowledge around field hockey. It's, it's pretty amazing to see. Uh, it's something that unfortunately we're working on in Canada, but we're definitely not quite there yet. Yeah, no understandable. So Now, Kate, I have to ask, tell me more about your time playing in Australia. Where did you play, if you don't mind asking? Exactly. <laughs> so I was on exchange at the University of Melbourne. 
Nice. So I played played there for Altona, uh, represented the the blue and gold in Melbourne, which was great. I was able to complete my studies at the same time, which is always nice to do. Uh, but I was also able to train with the uh, Victoria Institute of Sport. And that was where I really was able to see the different training styles. Australia plays a very fast attacking hockey. And uh, back then, the Canadian team definitely played more defensive and kind of a build-up game. And uh, I like to... I like to run fast. So uh, the Australian field hockey style was right up my alley. So I played there and then I was also given the opportunity to play in the AHL, which was an amazing experience. Again, really fast attacking hockey. And it really, I think, realized for me where my potential was. I had a great coach as well who really pushed me to just just go for it. Um, Whereas in Canada, I felt like I would hold back. I really didn't want to make a mistake. Growing up on the team, not getting a lot of playing time to start, I was scared out of my mind when I got on the field and uh, played very safe. So when I was in Australia, I just I pushed myself mentally and physically and just went for it, which really helped me grow as a player. Um, so that experience will be forever in my mind as as a turning point uh, in my career. But then what I was able to bring back to Canada was what I had learned. So the teammates that I was playing with with on sorry with in Australia were were also just on the same page in that let's just go for it. Um, so we really had to break down those kind of defensive barriers in Canada. And it wasn't until we had some pretty amazing leadership. Our last coach, Giles Bonnet, really he came in and turned our team around, but that was his style too, fast attacking hockey. And uh, and that's something that I'll, I'll always remember from playing my, in Australia. Fantastic. That takes me back. I remember attending the, the Women's World Cup in Perth. I believe it was, I want to say 2004. It may have been a year or two either side, but yeah, that was a fantastic tournament. It's just great to see the world's best in hockey in, in the city where I was growing up. It was quite fun. Yeah, it's quite the experience. It's amazing. Right. And Kobe? Hey, I got to know who your favorites are at the Tokyo Olympics, both the men's and women's side and field hockey. Well, I'll obviously have to cheer for Canada on the men's side. Uh, they've got a tough go, but I'm I'm definitely rooting for them. On the women's side, that's a tough one can imagine my heart still aches as uh, the Olympic coverage comes up more and more. Yep. But um, I have some, some good friends on the Australian team, so I'm hoping that they do well. It'll be an interesting tournament. Everyone has just been, you know, <laughs> training and competition has just looked so incredibly bizarre in the lead up to this Olympic Games. So it's going to be really interesting to see who was able to be successful in their preparation. Here in Canada, the men's team really struggled with, you know, our just our COVID restrictions. Of course. Our women's team had to take a huge break. We were passing six feet apart uh, in, in September. So it's been quite a bizarre year. I think Europe has done you know, for sport themselves have been able to keep it pretty normal, 
which has been lucky for them. Australia and New Zealand kind of kept to themselves and have been playing each other. But uh, here in Canada, they've we've been pretty isolated. So I'm excited to kind of see what happens over there. We've got our rivals, Ireland, who uh, edge us out to go. So I'm excited to see how they do. And it'll be interesting. I'm hoping the coverage is is good in Canada and we'll be able to watch. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the things I always look forward to. Generally, when the Olympics come around, I'm more interested in seeing the sport. You don't always see, you know, week in, mm-hmm. week out during a, a regular season of regular sports. So something like field hockey, it's kind of cool that it gets that, that medium, that Olympic medium to really shine. Very interested in seeing it. Yeah, now it's just talking about competition and the like. I remember when I was growing up, it feels like a long time ago. It might actually be a long time ago, but there was <laughs> there was something in Australia called minky, and I believe in Canada they call it mini yeah. hockey. Now, mm-hmm. how do we get more kids to play mini hockey in Canada? Yeah, I think like we didn't even have that in Ontario, and I know it, it's big out here. I've been able to coach. You should see those little guys go. They're pretty amazing. But uh, I'd love to have some sort of replication in Ontario to really try and try and grow the sport there. I think there's so many great athletes who, you know, half of our team is from Ontario and we all grew up playing ice hockey and we're able to make that switch uh, because, you know, it's similar in, in just the way you play. So I think being able to introduce players at a younger age will really help um, because you're not missing out on that development skill-wise. I'd say we have some really great athletes from Ontario, but you can see the divide between the Ontario and the BC athletes on the national team. Because those BC athletes have those refined skills that they grew up playing with, whereas us Ontario girls were a bit... uh, bit more gritty, a bit more, you know, just go for it athletically and kind of the skills come when they come. So a lot more work has to be put in on that side of things to get to that similar level. But just having more exposure to the sport at a younger age will really help the development. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm from Ontario and I didn't quite catch what you were talking about. What sport was that you mentioned? Hockey. <laughs> I don't I know if from, you've ever heard of it. <laughs> where I come from, we call it hockey. I don't know about this ice hockey thing. You no, no. What? What did? What did you call that other thing? Mingy? Oh, What'd sorry, you? Minky. I think <laughs> in Australia they call it Minky, but it's mini Minky. Hockey. Yeah, I think mini we call hockey. It maybe even uh, Timbits in Ontario. <laughs> right. I've I've never heard of it. I I have no okay. idea what you're talking about. Is it is it played <laughs> on ice or on a field? Oh, it's field hockey, but just for like three-year-olds, minky. Okay. Yeah, it's like a small, smaller <laughs> version. Sorry, Kobe, I thought you were being facetious. No, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like you decided to have your own conversation and forget I was here. But so, so obviously it's on a very small field, right? Yes, it can be. So usually a quarter of the field, if that. Okay. There are only, their little legs can only go so fast, so... Uh, you have to be aware of that. There's also flying sticks around, so lots of space is probably good. And are they using field hockey sticks or something else? They're using field hockey sticks. They're just very small. 
So you already think a field hockey stick is small. These ones are miniature. Okay. Okay. No, I have to look that up now. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be similar uh, to ice hockey with the little kids kind of skating around following the puck in one big blob. Of course, of course. Actually, yeah. <laughs> a, a question about the equipment itself. I mean, I guess something that a lot of people don't quite realize, because again, I mean, a lot of our listeners are not going to be that familiar with field hockey itself, but it isn't really a cost prohibitive sport when it comes to equipment, is it? Uh, the sticks can get pretty expensive, but uh, other than that, you just wear shin pads and a mouth guard. That's it. And that's it. Yeah, it's not like ice hockey, so. which gets extremely expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. No, it's uh, it's very different. I've had my fair share of uh, concussions and bruises and uh, you can name it. That ball, it's the second hardest ball in sport after the cricket ball. So you, you can imagine when that thing's coming at you pretty hard, uh, there's not much to protect you. Well, hold on. They're not supposed to hit you with a ball, right? Well, you never know what happens in that sport. <laughs> it's purely it's either accidental. either a stick or a ball coming at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, the joys. Well, having grown up play, playing cricket, I know about the joys and, or the, the pain of getting hit the with a pain. cricket ball. You'll, you'll learn yes. to, um, to catch <laughs> the next time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, I would like to maintain, <laughs> by the way, that field hockey is, in my opinion, hockey. So Good, good. <laughs> um, I always have to correct myself and remember where I am when I say, I'm about to say <laughs> hockey. I, I think, oh, no, people are going to think I'm talking about ice hockey. So I have to say field hockey. Nice. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news. Now back to the show. Now, I guess it's, it's one thing to to inspire those around you before the game, but tell us about what you do, let's say, at halftime or during the game when, when the chips are down, when, when you're losing. What's some stuff that you share then? Yeah, I think just sticking to our game plan. It's easy to get frustrated and start to question things when maybe things aren't going your way. And in a team sport, it's hard to get everyone on the same page on a good day. So I think that's one of the skills and attributes that I can bring is kind of harnessing the the energy that I put out and giving it back to the team. So uh growing up I was never the most skilled player at field hockey but I had that never give up attitude I grew up learning a strong work ethic so that's kind of the leading by example that I would that I would do when I was on the field and when things aren't going your way you you have to use that experience that you've gained and as a senior leader that's grabbing the younger players that's grabbing those those around you and trying to make a difference by connecting with the person next to you because I'm I play right mid so I try and connect with my right striker and my right back and then the message needs to keep moving through the team and that's one of the biggest challenges communication mm -hmm. first of all you're running you're <laughs> panting you're trying to get words out so that's the first the first struggle but then trying to communicate with all 11 players on the field is the next so you take those moments of opportunity maybe when there's a break 
there's a, a penalty that, you know, we can have five seconds to just get the team together quickly, get three words out, and that's kind of the focus. And that was something we really had to learn as a team is just taking the words as they are, taking the emotion out of it, but doing your role, doing your job and not straying from kind of those team goals and what we had set out to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, never give up is your motto. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Never give up uh, till the dying moments. And that's something that really came to me when I wasn't getting too much playing time. Uh, so when I first started on the team, you know, it was a different look for me being kind of a high level athlete and growing up and in high school, I made every team I tried out for and was usually on the starting lineup playing the most minutes. And so when I joined the national team, I joined a group of players who they were all the best on their, on their high school teams, all the best on their university teams. And to be honest, I was so out of my league. It was, I think the third time I had played on AstroTurf. So that's the official surface for field hockey. I grew up playing on grass, which is quite a different look to the game. And some of the skills that the older girls were completing with ease, I'd never even seen before. So I really was thrown in and I wasn't making the team, but my work ethic was always there and I would push my teammates. And finally I was named to the squad. And then I was named to the touring team, but I was uh, in the stands. Then I moved on to being a video person. So wasn't able to play yet, but I would video my teammates playing. And then finally got onto the field and I would play five minutes. And that was really, really hard for me. And it, it felt like no matter what I did, if it was good, if it was bad, it was just five minutes. That was my opportunity. And I remember my dad was watching and you know, I was pretty upset. I wanted to contribute more. And he said, well, if it's five minutes, that's your game. And you just, from minute one to minute five, you do whatever you can. And that really stuck with me. And I think it's why I value playing time so much. I'm the most capped player in Canadian women's history, yet I still get nervous before selection. And I think it just shows that I really care. I want to contribute. I've been there when I haven't gotten minutes and finding ways to give back to the team is is the most important so that's something that really stuck with me and that kind of motto never give up is here with me to this day love it yeah and you've definitely lived that out in your in your career no doubt kobe yeah a couple of questions specific to the canadian team uh what formation do they play so we've i grew up playing with four in the back three midfielders and three strikers. Okay, so total football. Yeah. Total total hockey. <laughs> total hockey, that's right. <laughs> and then in the last couple of years we wanted to place more emphasis on attack. So we would play with three in the back, um, four in the midfield and three up front with kind of those outside midfielders having free range to join in to the striker line. And that really helped us become more adaptable, more dynamic. And it felt like we were able to really play and showcase our talents. I think when we were four in the back, we were really stuck in defense and just felt like we had to keep the structure the entire game where when we 
acquired that new coach, he really encouraged us to be, you know, free flowing and just play the game and be teammates, pick up where others left off and fill gaps where they need to be filled rather than, okay, I'm right mid and that's the only position I'm going to play. And, you know, I'd find myself on the striker line and I just knew I had to run really fast to get back if <laughs> something changed. So it's, uh, we now play definitely a more attacking style of field hockey, which is way more exciting and, and way more successful. Nice. And how connected are the men's and women's teams on the international side? Um, when I first joined the team, we were quite connected. We actually shared the field with okay. them. <laughs> and, uh, that's actually how I met my husband. So my, my husband is Philip Wright and he played on the men's national team. And so we obviously were quite close men's and female <laughs> growing <laughs> up. And then kind of when we, as a women's team, you know, funding is always an issue, which is really unfortunate but uh it's kind of the reality of amateur sport in canada and so because we weren't funded as a men's and women's teams it would be split between between the two sides yeah that always you know it always is going to cause tension and you never really know the thinking behind where funding is where it's not and then when we moved that made the decision to move to europe to kind of bridge those gaps between ourselves and our next international opponent that's where we definitely saw kind of a split because the men's team stayed here in Canada and uh you know it's always it's always different because for me growing up on the team there was so much turnover and I think unfortunately that's just in female sports women want to become mums they want to you know, move on with their careers and find passions outside of sport where I think on the men's side, it's just a little bit easier to do both. And so the last six years, we've really tried to get a squad together um, and keep the squad together. And that's the only way we've really found success. It's because it, field hockey is such an experienced game. So you're building, you're learning. And when there's that constant turnover, it just feels like you're starting from the ground up. Uh, every single time. So I think with the men's team, there's, you know, players like Scott Tupper and Mark Pearson who have been around before I I started and they're, and they're still there leading the team. So there's definitely a differentiation between men's and women's sports, especially men's and women's field hockey. I'm hoping at some point there won't be too much, but uh, it's kind of just the nature of the game. Yeah, without the financial support and, of course, no professional league here in Canada, especially, it's hard to stay mm -hmm. dedicated to something for so long. Basically, you're forced to live two lives, right? So I understand yeah, it can exactly. be hard to have one cohesive unit stick together long enough to make a real run at things, but it's impressive how long you've been able to play and remain on the team. Super impressive. Yeah, and that was one of my goals. I wanted to make a change. I wanted to create a legacy, and I'd seen growing up on the team – just, you know, not having the support that the team needed in order to continue with the players. And so that was one of the things I wanted to change. Um, and it was kind of gathering up younger players who were not quite, I'd say, on the international stage yet, but really wanted to be and getting those, those girls together and keeping them together. And, 
you know, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication and commitment. But if you want to achieve your goals, that's kind of the name of the game. And I think moving forward, I'm hoping that based on our our most recent recent success, there will be support coming to both men's and women's field hockey to continue that legacy and continue kind of what we've been able to build. Definitely, definitely. And is your is your husband on the Olympic squad? So he retired after the Rio Olympics. Uh, he, yep, he went back to school, and uh, where he he did play in the men's league for a little bit, uh, and then when COVID hit, it he took a break, and he definitely misses it. Um, we're a very competitive family, so our uh, after we didn't make the Olympics, we decided that. It was time to take a bit of a break and um i actually we have an 11 month old son and yeah uh, thank you so that's been a big change change for us but getting back to the competitive things he just started taking his first steps but we wouldn't count it unless it was three consecutive steps <laughs> because you know we have we have an image to uphold here he, <laughs> we're we're nervous that between the two of us he's going to be musical or artistic which is great but we can only imagine we're hoping there's some athleticism in him but we can definitely see it already but uh being the competitive family we are he's he's gonna grow up tough right on right on <laughs> can't wait to see him getting into minky <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we've got some uh grandparents who are pretty excited to see him in ice hockey and uh track and field Ah, uh, fair enough, fair enough. But I mean, yeah, let 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 the young man try the different sports, and then when the time's right, you can play hockey. <laughs> exactly, he's uh, he's gonna play everything. So uh, both my husband and I grew up playing everything we could, and we're excited to expose him to to all those things as well. There we go. Now, Kate, tell our listeners a little bit about one fifty women, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's that's great. So 150 Women, um, it's part of Can Fund. So Jane Ruth created this charity foundation um, to help support Canadian athletes. And through 150 Women, it's women supporting women. And I was fortunate enough uh, in the year leading up to qualification to be supported by that specific sector of Can Fund. And after we didn't, it meant so much. We had to actually um, pay athlete levies and fundraise to get to our qualification tournaments. So you can imagine every every cent helps, and being able to get that support was was pretty amazing. And moving forward, I knew that I wanted to give that same feeling to another female Canadian athlete. So um, I'm proud to be a 150 woman athlete but also a 150 woman uh contributor so being a part of that network and uh players who i look up to in other sports like gina hefford was giving back to that uh, program i wanted to make sure that i was able to do that too when i was put in the position i was so it's uh it's a great way to give back and support canadian athletes fantastic that's um it's a really great initiative, and when I came across, I thought, "Oh, this is awesome! It's it's 
as, as you said, there's difficulties in, I guess, in keeping some of the top athletes in, in sports. So this is a great initiative to, to maintain that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully it, it continues and expands in the future and the success will come from that. Now, Kate, we can find you on Twitter at KateGillis3 because Kate is the field hockey player phony alone as Kate Gillis. No, not Kate, right? <laughs> because she shoots right. You can only shoot right in hockey. That's one thing I learned today. You can also find her on Instagram at KateBWright3. Well, it was a pleasure talking with you, Kate. Well, thanks so much for having me and reaching out. Like you said, we need to keep putting, I'm just going to say it, hockey back on the map in Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think this is a great way to start. For sure. Every every little bit of information helps. And I honestly think if more people saw it, more people would love it. Right. Yeah, it's it's a crazy game. Like <laughs> When you really think about it, it's fast. It's exciting. It's getting even faster now. The rules definitely throw fans for a loop. Um, my parents have been watching me forever and they still are like, what the hell is going on? So why is, why is everybody running from the back line? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bizarre. But uh, I think once you wrap your head around that, it's, it's a fast pace, really exciting to watch. The skill is, is second to none. And I'm hoping through the Olympic games with more, feeds being available in Canada. I think that was one thing. So our Olympic qualifier was able to be streamed from Ireland. Okay. And um, we're able to have so much support. I know so many girls and young players were able to watch, uh, which made such a huge difference in, in the support that we were able to get as a team. So, you know, the men were able to host their qualifier here, uh, being the higher ranked team. But unfortunately, we had to be in Ireland. But in, even in Ireland, it was the uh, the highest attended female sporting event in Irish history. So wow. I think there were about 6,000 people there, which is definitely one of the biggest. I've played in India, so India is definitely the, the biggest crowd, but it was an amazing atmosphere. But be, being able to stream that home in Canada and and having, you know, those young girls be inspired uh, by our work and our commitment and coming so close. I think that was, that was one of the best feelings. Yeah. I think a lot of the sort of smaller fringe sports, depending on where you're at, have had the opportunity to really increase their viewership because of additional services and mediums that are available now, right? Because of Twitch Mm -hmm. TV, because of Facebook live, because of IG live, anything like that, where suddenly now you're able to see content that you normally couldn't see because the only avenues you had were the major networks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, being able to showcase this sport worldwide is is what we're hoping to get to and that it won't be, you know, something new. It'll be just, oh, there's a field hockey game on. Let's let's tune in. Yeah. So that's that's the goal. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate your time this up uh, today. I think it's still morning over there, but um, <laughs> thank yeah. you for joining us. And yeah, it's just good to talk hockey. Uh, my hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that was great. Thank you so much. Anytime you can call me up, we'll talk hockey. Yeah, totally. I, I can see it. I can see me smiling through the microphone. It's so obvious. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're damn right. <laughs> awesome. 
That's great. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, Kate. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We appreciate the support as always. In case you missed it, we have a newsletter coming out this August. And it's written by our resident funny man. So you know it's going to be fun and engaging. Justin, tell us more about it. Thanks, Nee. In this letter, I tell you everything you need to know about last week's episode in the rundown section, included with links from Tuesday and Friday's episode, another section of what to come, and my favorite part is the media fun stuff. In that, I tell you which movies you could watch on various streaming platforms if you liked what we had to talk about. Listen, fans, because no sport is left behind, it's important to know what's been happening with the Pro Sports Podcasters. By signing up for the weekly newsletter, we will have you front row center for every interview and analytic discussion. So do yourself a favor and sign up. The link is in the show notes. Be part of the conversation and enjoy some of the fun. Once again, we thank you for listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters.